0: Welcome back everyone. My name is Caleb Johnson, host of From Trial to Triumph, and today we have Matt Haycox. So Matt, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Caleb. Thanks for having me.
0: Matt, can you go ahead and give our listeners just a quick background story about yourself?
1: Sure. I mean, listen, uh, it feels like forever ago for me now, but I mean my my uh entry into business or my desire for entry into business started probably when I was 9, 10, 11 years old. I mean, my, my, my dad owned his own business, he, uh, I mean, nothing to do with what I ended up doing, but he, he wrote computer software and he had a, a software company uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I, uh, I came from an era when I was really told the only way to make big money was to own your own business. So I think combined with the fact that you know I had the entrepreneurial uh, father father around me and that I wanted to be rich. I decided that going going into business was uh, was the way for me. I mean, I spent my you know very early teenage years absorbing every you know, every book, every periodical, you know, every kind of piece of business information I could get my hands on. And believe me, thirty years ago that was a, a much harder feat than it is today. You know, there was, mm-hmm. there was there was no internet, no podcast, no whatever. I mean, I was I, I was reading reading black or, black and white textbooks, but uh, I did that you know for my early teenage years. Um, and then I, my kind of mid teens, I tried every you know business opportunity, every get rich quick scheme I could get my hands on. Selling blow up cushions, uh, selling Tamagotchi pets, selling toilet rolls down the local market, you know, anything I could. Um, and then when I finished school, I, uh, I managed to get my parents to allow me to dodge university for a year because I you know I felt it was going to hold me back in my in my quest for quest for riches. And my dad had just invested in a business at the time, selling uh, uniforms, you know, corporate clothing. Uh, I went to work in this business uh, initially as a salesperson. Uh, and my dad was retired, so this was very much a passive investment for him. Uh, and I used to come home from work every night, you know, complaining to my to my dad about how how much they were kind of screwing him in this business that you know the the existing management team were anything from incompetent to fraudulent and you know, he, he had to come back to work and he had to get in and take over because you know they were they were kind of running off of his money uh, yeah. and my dad kind of used to say to me look I agree with you but um, I, I'm just I'm kind of worn down I've had 25 years of running my own business I've had 30 years of putting up with living with your mother uh, the, the, the last thing I need to do is come uh, and is, is kind of get stuck back in, into another business uh, so he just kind of left it, and after a out a month or two of me of me coming home and giving him grief every night. He eventually turned around one day and said, "You know what? You know you go and do what you want with it. You can't make a worse job of what they're doing." So uh, so, Chris, to crack on. Uh, and I went in the next day and I literally fired everybody. Started from started from scratch. I, there was there was this one little old guy in the warehouse who I kind of kind of left in place, uh, but other than that, got got rid of all the staff. And started completely from scratch and you know I always say it wasn't that I knew what I was doing I just kind of knew what everybody else shouldn't be doing and Mm -hmm. I uh, you know I I spent the next three years starting from scratch with a business that had no customers no suppliers you know no, no staff you know no one wanted to deal with us no banks wanted to lend us any money and, um, and we really had to, had to had to start from the bottom. Had to find a new a new product uh, mix to sell. We had to find a new a new whole customer demographic to sell to. Um, and, that, and that really was an, an absolute baptism by fire. Uh, into into business for me, you know, and it was I, three years later I had um, taken that business from losing about three hundred grand a year to making about thirty grand a year, and it was never that the numbers were very, very big or exciting, but it was just more more the principle that I've been thrown at the deep end and, and and been given you know the biggest learning curve that I think any business owner could ask for, never mind an eighteen year old with no experience whatsoever. Uh, so it was a fantastic place for me to cut my teeth. And I left there uh, because ultimately I was kind of a bit bored by that point. And, you know, back then uh, I kind of learned that running a business long term wasn't really my, my interest nor my skill set, to be fair. You know, I like, to, I like to get my hands dirty, you know, coming up with ideas, uh, you know, trying things out. Uh, I, guess, you know, I guess that kind of cut and thrust of the, of the entrepreneur in the beginning. So it was time for me to leave. And I moved into leisure. Because I'd, I'd always wanted to work in leisure, but I didn't really know why, other than the fact that as a 21, 22-year-old guy, I thought you know owning a bar was a, a chance to make a load of money, um, get drunk for free and meet a load of girls. And, and, and that, that's what I did. I started in leisure, uh, initially run, ran a couple of pubs and a couple of bars unsuccessfully, and I opened a strip club uh, in 2004. And that was that was, I guess, my first real major success, uh, you know the, the the business logic behind it was that you know we, we weren't making enough money just from selling selling alcohol alone, so we needed other ancillary income streams. So I thought by opening a strip club, uh, I'd be able to earn the money uh, from commissions from the girls. I'd be able to have a higher margin on the alcohol, uh, but you know be, be, because we had a captive audience, I'd be able to charge money on the door to get people in as well. And I uh, I created a brand and a, and a business model called Wildcats. I opened the first one in 2004. That hit the ground running, uh, and then and then my, that's when my story really took off. And over the next five years, I became the biggest strip club operator in the UK. I had eleven eleven strip clubs, I had sixty five bars and pubs, I had a, a retail empire, a uh, property portfolio, and, um, and and it was a, a fantastically let's say uh, high turnover and profitable business, especially for a what was a twenty five twenty six year old guy back then. But it was over leveraged, it was under capitalized, it was you know, completely built on a house of cards um and in middle of 2008 you know anyone uh, kind of old enough to remember knew that was a, the onset of the credit crunch and uh you know that the, the rug was pulled from under us our lenders didn't want to lend to us anymore no one would refinance uh, and literally in the space of about 4 or 5 weeks i went from you know, from riding high and you know thinking i was the, the king of leisure and the king of retail to, to losing the lot overnight, uh, losing all of the businesses and being de- per- declared personally bankrupt. Um, and I was I was 27 at the time. I had a one year old daughter, my a you know, wife at the time as well. Uh, and for me, it was you know I kind of climbed up the ladder to be you know thrown back down to the bottom uh, with a you know with a, with a big jump. And uh, and that was I guess you know start of stage three for me. You know re- re- rebuilding and bringing to where I am today. Uh, I went from investing well, bu- building my own businesses and borrowing money to uh, lending money and investing in other people's businesses and uh, that's really how i've grown and spent the last 12 years becoming becoming a lender becoming an investor becoming an advisor uh, i've lent over 500 million to businesses in the uk uh, in the last few years and uh, you know as well as giving them money i i always say I give them the support so that they don't have to make the mistakes that i've made Hi
0: my friend, Caleb Johnson here, and I have a huge question to ask you real estate investors. How would you rate your personal discipline on a scale of one to 10? If your answer is anything less than a 10, I have something neat for you. And let me tell you, discipline means pushing yourself beyond your comfort zone and doing things that are difficult and sometimes boring. Achieving massive success requires you to do those difficult things. Now I just released a program for investors where I walk with you as an accountability coach to help you stay on track and I'm doing this for free, that's right, for free. But I'm only offering this to the first five people who sign up because I don't have availability for more than that. Starting is easy. Go to redccapitalgroup.com and click accountability coaching at the top right of the screen. So let's get to work and now to the interview. Mm-hmm. That, 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 wasn't a very that, quick, that
1: wasn't a very quick intro, was it? I've kind of taken up the entirety of this podcast. I'm going to have to find a way to condense this story for yeah. the future. <laughs> no, that was
0: great, man. That was great. I loved it. I, I love the uh, just openness of that. And I love to ask what did you learn from th- what you grew to back then in 2008 to now? You know, So, how you don't replicate the crash then?
1: I mean, look. When you say, "What did I learn?" I mean, I, I mean, I learned so many, you know, so many different things from from, I guess, so many different angles. And you know, I, I always say that you never learn anything when things go right. You only learn things when things go wrong. Uh, and I had so many things go wrong, <laughs> wrong for me that I, I, I had so many, so many different learning experiences. But I guess, I guess, if we if we pick one thing out of there, you know, which which is the the over leverage. Uh, I guess I guess the the biggest thing I learned, uh, which a, I apply to myself now, but B, you know, I more get to apply to the to the customers that I deal with to the borrowers. Is, is is A having a fantastic grasp of your numbers, which is something I I just didn't have back then. You know, I I, I didn't I didn't have a. A thorough understanding of the accounts of the business. I I didn't know particularly how to understand them enough. Not nor was my accounting team producing the right information. And secondly, you know the the, the key to being surrounded by the the right people who can who can help you in the circumstances that you don't understand. I mean, you know, for me, I guess every experience I had as a young business owner was, you know, was my first experience in that. And, and some of the experiences or some of the situations I was thrown into were, were, the, were the most complicated and, you know, some of them horrific experiences that, you know, any business owner can ask for. And they probably never experience them ever. You know, certainly probably never experienced them more than once. And, uh, you know, I, I was either surrounded by no advice or bad advice. Uh, and, and that, you know, ultimately led me down the path of, of uh, of believing my own bullshit, of being of being very deluded in certain circumstances and just uh, and just making making the wrong decisions. So I guess if I if I kind of fast forward it to today, you know, what what one of one of the biggest pieces of advice I give to any business owner, um well two things really. One, just because you're in business, I think, you know, the first thing any business owner needs to understand is is you, you know nothing. Uh, you know, particularly when you first started in business. And one of my pet hates, and I always give the analogy of sport is, is, you know, in, in businesses, there's not really a, you know, there's not really a league uh, and there's not really, you know, a barrier to entry. So, you know, when, well, if you were playing football, you know, and you said, oh, I, I play football, well, I mean, no one would possibly think that that means you're fit to play for Manchester United. You just, you know, you, you've, you've just started kicking a ball around on a Sunday. But the problem with business is when somebody starts in business and there are, you know, like inverted commas, a business owner. It, it, you know, it almost, they almost put themselves akin to, you know, someone who's been in business 10 years, someone who's been in business 20 years, someone who's, who's become a billionaire. Um And I think, you know, the most important thing for any business owner to understand is, you know, you know, nothing. And the biggest piece of advice they should have is to, is to go and find the right mentors to support them along the way.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. And I think so many people, they can get into business and, and again, air quotes on business for a year, and then they can, they can say they're a CEO, they're a founder. And so that's a great, you can leverage that when you're starting off so that you sound more credible. But at the same time, be careful with that because you can really maybe get too hot headed and think that you're all that when you just have to learn. And that really just comes through Matt, like you said, experience, you know, these guys that have 10, 20 years of experience. Um, and that's, that's how you learn that. Now, Matt, you said another thing. go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say, yeah. I think the simple thing for me is it comes down to not believing your own bullshit. And you know, you you may want Mm. to go out there in a you know in a sales environment or when you're representing your business, and obviously you've got to put your best foot forward. You know, you've got to you've got to. Or like let's say fake it till you make it or, or, or pretend that you've got that knowledge because you know you, you, you don't you don't want people to look down on you or take advantage of you. But the key is that when you go home in private, you know, you don't tell yourself that same story and uh, and, and you go and do whatever it takes to look to learn in all the areas that you're lacking.
0: hmm Matt, you talked about Understanding the numbers and what does that mean? Because I'm an underwriter of real estate offerings, so that can mean underwriting or that can mean, you know, just keeping track of all your properties. And so, for you, what, is, what does that mean?
1: I mean, I think for me, it means having you know, an, a very accurate financial understanding of, of whatever the metrics of, of your particular business are. And, mm-hmm. and tracking them accordingly, and what what I find you know very worrying with you know most of the businesses that I talk to, that no matter how big a business is, you know whether it's big whether it's small, I always find that the business owner, the, the CEO, either has no understanding of or no interest in in, in the numbers of that business, and and, and so often you know I'll, I'll I don't know I'll get a, a deal to underwrite a loan to underwrite, and I'll look at a set of accounts. Uh, and and by, by the way, often that's a blessing to even get, get a get a set, a set of accounts to look at because you know, so, so often I'll, I'll deal with a business where they've got no up to date up to date financial information in the last ten, eleven, twelve months. So, you know, first of all, you've got to have the information. Secondly, you've got to understand it. And and, and very often, I'll ask a question to the business owner about the accounts. You know, what's that number? Why why is this thing in a particular area? And they always say, you know, they always defer to the accountant and say, oh, I don't understand that kind of stuff, but I've got an accountant that mm-hmm. deals with it, or I've got I've got a financial advisor that deals with it. And you know, I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not pretending that you know a CEO has the time or ultimately the knowledge to, to run every single aspect of a business. But I think one of the, the biggest things, that the biggest um, I think skills a business owner needs to learn is to be able to understand enough of each different department to maybe not to be able to replace those people, but certainly to make sure they can't get the wool pulled over their eyes. And in no department is it more important to me than finance. Uh, you know the the, the number the numbers of your business, you know both from a profitability and particularly a cash flow perspective, the absolute li- you know lifeblood of uh, you know of, of continuing to be in business. You know the, the the very you know fine difference between success and failure, uh, and and it's just absolutely imperative that you know not only do you have a grasp of, you know a solid grasp of what the numbers are, but you also have a solid knowledge of how to understand them too.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that, that's so important, especially in any business that you're in. And there's, there's a learning curve in there too, right? Usually six months. And it really depends on how immersed you put yourself uh, into that. You know, if you're diving into the numbers for six months or if you're going to sporadically do it over the next two years, you have to get inundated with the numbers and really understand how the business works. Right. Um, and Matt, after... 2008, after that that crash, how did you come up from that?
1: You know, I always say that I, I, I don't have an exciting answer for this, you know, I think, you know people, people always ask that question, you know, think, thinking that they're about, you know, going to get this really motivational kind of, you know, general to war, you know, uh, kind of cry speech. Uh, but the reality, is, that the way I saw it was I, I just didn't have a choice. I and mean, look, at, at the point that I went bankrupt, to the point that I lost everything, I had a lot of people around me, uh, whether they were, let's say, you know, inverted commas, you know, friends, whether they were advisors, basically telling me that, you know, life as I knew it was over, that, you know, I'd never work again, you know, my credibility was over. Um, but, you know, but for me, it was nothing really more complicated than I feel I had two choices. I could sit at home and I could, you know, w- watch watch Jerry Springer, and, and, and cry in front of the TV about you know how how my life how my life was finished and how I was a victim and you know and blah 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 or I could go back out to work again and find a way to put food on the table for you know for my one-year-old daughter and, 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 for, and for my wife and to pay the mortgage uh, and I always say that, that that was for me it wasn't even really a, it wasn't a choice you know I, I, I had a family to support I was never born to be poor. Uh, and 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 I and I kind of had to get back out there, you know, put my ego to one side, get back on the horse, and start working again. And, and ultimately, that's what I did. Uh, you know, I I, um, I mean, I I had a skill, an accidentally learned skill, as a, as a finance broker, really. I mean, I'd spent the previous five or six years learning how to borrow money for my own businesses. Uh, you know, learning about you know, Niche lenders, alternative lenders. That, you know, my my peers didn't even know existed. So I kind of developed a bit of a name as the go-to guy to raise finance, uh, and 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 that, and that was that was a, a skill set that I ha- that I had to be able to to go and get paid and start putting some food on the table. And it was it was it was nothing more than you know making that decision to go out and get paid uh, and and not not sit at home and cry.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Now, Matt, our our net worth. Is our network, and so how how can you tell or help someone network better?
1: So networking is, is one of my favorite topics to talk about. I mean, I mean, I you know, I, I very much say that all, all of the success of uh, you know of the last twenty plus years of my business career, uh, I've, I've been, I can kind of pinpoint each point of success and every one of those events has been down to a relationship with a particular person I've had. That you know that, that that I've kind of found and nurtured that person. And look, I, I could talk about networking for hours on end, but if I'm giving a 30-second mm-hmm. summary of, of of where where people go wrong, I think first of all people don't like networking or people give it a bad name because because they do it wrong you know they do it wrong because they don't they don't have a plan in place and 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 whilst networking almost looks like a a friendly collection of people getting together and you know trying to do a bit of business you know for me it needs it needs planning like you know like any other business activity in life and and my my networking is very is very thought out it's very targeted you know I, i i know exactly who I want to meet, uh, and, and now whether that's an individual person, whether I think, uh, you know, Caleb's a guy that I know is in the same space as me that I can particularly do a deal with, and whether I go out and search you out, or whether I just know that I need people that fit a particular demographic and they're going to be at a particular event or in a particular room. But, I, you know, I, I always go out with a purpose, you know, I never just walk in there and think, oh let's just meet some people and see what happens. Even if I'm just meeting some people, there they're still people from a certain you know a certain demographic that I've that I've picked that I've picked. Um secondly, you know, I always I always like to control the situation, control the environment. You know, if if I can if I can put on and host the event I will do. Uh but but even though I'm going in to to kind of ultimately try and build a relationship to do some business with these people. I go in with the longest of long-term views. You know, I I never think, oh, I've got to go and transact this tomorrow. If it takes me, ten years to, you know, build and nurture that relationship until we do a deal and it takes me ten years uh, and and if I've done many, many things for you along the way and I'll do as many things as it takes to you know to to, to to bring value to you know to bring value to that relationship. And if that ultimately never pays off into a deal for me then then, then so be it. You know, I, I, I always think as long as I've picked the right people and ultimately it will pay off either commercially or just enriching my life in some in some some kind of way um and and, and, and really i guess that's the that's the kind of two minute summary of of, of how how I do do my networking uh, i think what, what one of the what, one of the other big points is if i'm if i'm trying to network with a person who uh, let's say has has much more money than me or or is, is a wealthy person anyway which is this is always an area where i guess where people struggle you know I always try and offer them some kind of you know something that they can't do you know whether that's a a skill a skill set that I can bring to the table or whether that's a favor I can do for their you know, for their kids or their family but you know, ultimately you know when you when you when you're trying to get in front of these people and you're cold calling them, saying, "Oh, can I take you for lunch? Can I buy you a coffee?" They don't give a shit about lunch or a coffee. Coffee with you, you know. They, they 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 can go and buy their own lunch. They can go and buy their own, t- you know, tickets to the football. You know, if you really want to find 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 a way to 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 get into them, you know, you need to bring something to the table that uh, that they haven't got. And that may sound like money, but you know, many times it it, it it's, it's not it's not money. It's just it's just doing do, doing something to set yourself apart from others.
0: Hmm. I love that. That was gold, Matt. And and so those those things were first find it's so important to find the people that are actually the deal makers, right? The there's usually a handful of people in the industry that are killing it. And so if you can get in front of them and like you said, add value to them that's more than just a cup of coffee or lunch. And yeah, those I like People buy me lunch and I like people buy me coffee, but there's gotta be more meat there for it to really hit home and add value. And then also remember, it's a long-term game, right? You know, Especially starting off with no money, no resources, that can be hard because you gotta make money. And so, but you also have to keep in mind is that, find the ways that you can make money, but still network. That's a long-term play. And if you find the industry that you want to be in for a really long time, it is really valuable to network with those people that are the deal makers and don't expect, you know, the deal to happen tomorrow. Like you said, Matt, it could happen in 10 years. But as long as you add value to them and you stay connected and you don't, you aren't just the guy asking him for money or asking him for a deal, but you're there and you're a resource to them how they need it. And that's gold, brother. I, I love that. Um, pivoting a, a bit. We've talked a lot about money and I I've been there where it's always been about money and then life has kind of gone down the toilet for me whenever I've I've been there. So for you Matt, what is kind of your big why in, and what's what's more than money to you?
1: You know, I think for me I like I like building things. I I like, you know, creating things or solving problems. And I like, uh, you know, I very much like to achieve something when other people say it can't be done. Uh, so I think, you know, they're 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 my, I guess, I'm not going to say that my only reasons because again, I think you know, it, it's it's quite often easy to want to pretend that the money doesn't play a part because you know the money does play a part for me and I, and, mm-hmm. and and it because and if it didn't. You know, I'd, I'd be sat at home, watching, you know, watching Netflix all day, and and I'm playing playing with the kids or eating out eating out with my friends because you know all of the things that go with work, you know, bring, bring its own stresses and bring its own problems as well. But ultimately, you know, there's more there's more good than bad, uh, and mm-hmm. and I guess you know once it, once it gets past that base level of making some money, it's you know it's it's the fact that, you know, I I want to, like I said, I want to build something. I want to work with people that I want to work with. You know, I I want to, I want to have a story to tell, uh, and I, and I, and I want, you know, I want to have built something to be proud of.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, Matt, we're going to go ahead and go to the final three questions. And the first one is if you can give a book recommendation, what would that be?
1: You know what? I've, I'm a bit. I'm a big reader. I'm a big reader. I'm, I'm putting more into audio books now than reading. So, so, so I get to multitask. Uh, but something I'm actually reading at the moment, which I've read multiple times before, but I always always keep going back to, is the uh if, if the, the the Russell Brunson. Uh, I don't know what he calls the series, like you know, the the tra- you know, traffic, secret traffic series, where he's got dot com secrets and. Traffic secrets and expert secrets, which are you know, a fantastic collection of, of market marketing related books. I mean, obviously, you know, they're, they're written with a with an ecom slant on to you know to to ultimately be a part of the sales funnel to um, to, to click tunnels. But you know, they they have mm-hmm. absolutely you know uh, timeless fundamental marketing principles, whether it's for for, you know, for com for bricks and mortar, or anything else. I mean, I, I would I would. I seriously recommend that collection of books to, to anybody, whether you're in business, thinking about starting in business, uh, You know, to, to to understand those marketing principles are, you know, are fundamental to success. Mm-hmm.
0: And the second question is, if people want to learn more about you and maybe get in touch with you, uh, where's the best place that they can do that at?
1: So you can get me all over the internet, uh, I'm, on, I'm on all things social, uh, you know, I put a lot of content out there, uh, I'm at uh, The Matt Haycox, that's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X. I've also got a podcast which is a Matt Haycox Show, I've got a website where we put you know daily blogs, daily content which is at matt-haycox.com uh, and on there you can also subscribe to my newsletter that goes out every week. Uh, so yeah, you can kind of consume me in, in whatever whatever content format you like.
0: And Matt, the final question is: If uh, you can share one final thing with our listeners that they can take away from today's show, what would that be?
1: Uh, the value of partnerships. I think it's, it's it's some something that I didn't I didn't appreciate enough in my in my younger years. You know, I, I was very much. Uh, approaching things probably probably with a big sense of ego. You know, I used to want to own everything. I wanted to be the big boss, the 100% shareholder. Uh, and don't get me wrong. You know, you can still still make money in that way. uh But I, you know, I've, I've learned over the over the last kind of five to ten years that I can go a lot further and a lot quicker uh by you know by partnering up with with other people. It's got to be the right people. You know, where, um, and you know, they've got to bring something different to me to the table. But now I I would much rather have. A smaller piece of a bigger pie and have lots more pies uh, than be, you know, than be the king of a small hill. So I think, you know, don't underestimate the, uh, the value of partnerships. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Matt, thank you so much for being here. I gleaned a lot from our conversation and I know our listeners will as well. So especially that bit about networking, I, I'd love that. So, so I really appreciate your time and, and thanks for being here.
1: Thanks, Taylor. Thanks for having me. All
0: right. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. It's
1: time to grab your
0: victory. Find us on the web at redseacapitalgroup.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Red Sea Capital Group.